welcome to the Clock and Talk, an Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Tez. You can follow us at clockend underscore talk on Twitter, and we are also on Facebook. Um, each and every week, I'm joined by my co-host, but this week he's the party pooper. Tony, how are you, mate? What party have I pooped this week? I mean, I probably am, but I'm not sure what I've done. But yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm back in sunny England, um, enjoying the heat here instead of the heat in Spain. Not as much difference. I just can't wait for the season to start now. I'm just watching football with envy at the moment. I was watching the championship games yesterday and I'm watching the Community Shield now. And it just kind of makes me jealous that it's not Arsenal. Like, not in the tournaments, but I just want to be watching Arsenal. Fair call, fair call. Yeah, no. And you've got to wait till, uh, what, Sunday? Monday? Another week. Yeah, I mean, there's Premier League. Obviously, Man United are on Friday, so there's Premier League games in five days. But, but for me to be back at the Emirates, it's still another seven. Um, party pooper, because you've wrecked mine and Schwinn's party all week over Dembello. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before, we better get him in. Uh, Wonder Kid, fence sitter, he's known as. Um, Schwinn, how are you, mate? Uh, there it is. The, the, the regular duty resumes then from from two weeks of really good intros to back to fence sitter. Uh, <laughs> but you threw in Wonder Kid there, so so I'll take it. Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, today is the second podcast I'm doing. So just a quick shout out to the Arsenal India podcast and Darren, who who had me on and we discussed a bit of Arsenal and discussed a bit of, you know, a preview for the upcoming season. Uh, so give that a listen if you guys are interested in listening to me rambling on a bit more. But otherwise, I'm doing really well and uh, ready to talk some Arsenal with you boys now. Hey, a little podcast slot, huh? Uh, just a bit, you know, just just trying <laughs> to see what else is out there, considering I, I knew that, that today's intro is going to be a bit different. So, you know, I, I wanted to cover all my bases. Be a pay, you'll be looking for a pay rise shortly too, won't you? I'm pulling an Aaron Ramsey. Mate, you just 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 quietly, brother, that you're only a number, mate. I've got another three in the line waiting to take your position. <laughs> I'll let you have it. I'll let you have this one. Next week, I'll have my revenge. <laughs> um, okay, now let's get into... I'm just going through my little rundown sheet here. Um, we won't go transfer news. We'll touch on some pre-season friendlies, Tony, uh, Chelsea, and Lazio. Yeah, so obviously we cut... Well, it's a draw and a win, but we get the winner against Chelsea due to penalties. Um I mean, the, the Chelsea game was a, was especially the first half, in in a sense, was painful to watch. It it showed every flaw that we've had for a long, long time now, and everyone hoped would be gone, and maybe it will be gone. But in the first half against Chelsea, it definitely weren't. We was horrible defensively. They they ran all over us. Hector looked like uh, I, I can't even put into words how bad he was. But it's something I've said for a long time that we can't defend with a high line. And for some stupid reason, we tried to. And Callum Hudson-Odoi had an absolute field day. I think in the second half, we, we dropped 20 yards, which is sensible when you've got, especially the centre-back we have. And I don't, I mean, we were still shaky from set pieces. And obviously we conceded from set Peter from a corner. Um, and Rudiger had another very good chance from a corner in the second half. But I think we looked a lot more comfortable defending 20 yards deeper because it took away the, the lack of pace we have at centre-back. Uh, so often I hear people go, oh, this defender's useless, he can't run. But John Terry could never run. John Terry couldn't run when he was 21, and he couldn't run when he was 31. But he was still probably one of the best centre-backs I, I've seen in the last 10 years. Uh, definitely the best English centre-back in the last 10 years, although Rio Ferdinand has a shout in that. 
So it's not all about pace. They, Chelsea catered to him. They defended deep. And you never, they never let anyone run at John Terry. So they protect his flaws. And I think that's what we've got to do. I think whether it be Socrates, Mustafi, Mavropanos, Chambers, Holding, we have to defend sort of 20 to 25 yards out. Um, and, and then there's no space to be running behind. Or very little space. Mm. I was. I've. You mentioned Bellerin quickly there, and um, but I did see a few Arsenal fans saying uh, Socrates didn't have a really good game. That wasn't what they were expecting. As I said, the first half we defended really high up. Uh, look, Socrates hasn't looked brilliant in any of these games. Um, I, I don't know if people are maybe expecting too much from him because I, I like people. If he puts in a six or a seven out of ten, people are. Not a great signing, blah, blah, blah. It remains to be seen if it's going to be a great signing. I'm not overly sold on him, but I don't think you can judge him on a, on a defence that's defending 40 yards out. As I said, with um, with John Terry, as I use the example, but you could say Carlos Poyol, who's one of Europe's top defenders for years, if he was caught defending 40 yards from his own goal, he was in trouble as well. I think, uh, especially at centre-back, you're only as good as the system you play. So if you haven't got pace and your team's defence 40 to 50 yards out, you're going to look bad because the players are just going to run and they're going to have their legs on you. Mm-hmm. Um, Schwinn, what was your thoughts on the games, mate? It was a reality check for me. You know, after last week's podcast when we were quite optimistic, or at least I was, and uh, I remember there was a question about what many, how many points you were expecting after the first two games, and um, I was very happy to say six, and after watching the Chelsea game, I'm not quite sh- quite sure. I mean, apart from the first 20 minutes where we struggled, I think it helped for Emil Smithrow to drop down from you know from the attacking mid position and and make three bodies in midfield. I think that helped us uh, quite a bit in adding bodies and providing outlets to Gwendolyn uh, and and Lenny in particular. But the game was very poor. There was a lot of introspection. I'm sure that was. Uh, Emery and his staff afterwards because you know of course Tony made the point about Callum Hudson-Odoi and if it wasn't for Morata's bad finishing and checks good saves uh, you know the first half could have could have been much more shambolic the the press was inconsistent too and I I can't help but wonder whether it was Anna Ramsey missing that that you know that triggered this usually I think Anna Ramsey is the one who is pushing bodies forward and he's the one who initiates the press I'm not sure whether El Nani's quite up to the mark yet. We, we could chalk that down up to his physicality or black thereof ever since he's come back. But uh, I was I was quite scared about how we were going about, even in the opposing half, the few moments we got there. All, all in all, of course, we won the game, and I don't think that's a fair reflection on how things went. We, of course, didn't concede after conceding in the first five minutes, but I wasn't too impressed by that game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, I don't take any of these pre season friendlies real serious anyway. Um I, I look at the I look at the ladder and I still see zero there and I think we'll bring on the Premier League this weekend. So I I, I watched it but that was about it. I, I didn't take anything out of it whatsoever. So um you got any more on Tony or move on mate? Well I was just um, I mean I'll, I'll move on. Well first of all we, I mean we've got to mention the goal we scored uh, the calmness from Ozil in the last minute. It's a good ball by Reese Nelson. But I was going to move on to the Lazio game and, and something that made me quite uncomfortable, not not so much in the game, but when the team was announced. But I'm, I'm watching Chelsea-Man City now, and I know it's semi-competitive being the Community Shield, but both the teams that are starting are going to be something like what starts next week. 
at no point have we given what is going to be our starting eleven the chance to play together. So they've had all of pre-season, we've had, what, four or five games now, but at no point have we had a first 11 out. And I don't. I remember moaning about this last year on, I think, probably our very first podcast. It's something I don't like. I'd like to see them, even if it's 45 minutes altogether, but we just haven't seen that. We seem to get half a team in one half and then a couple of players come on, so it makes it maybe eight of the starting 11, but then another two or three will go off. And for me, it just doesn't promote, it doesn't make it easy to gel and, and work together if you're not playing competitive football together. Mm. The only thing that I will bring out of both the games is, well, it's more of a question to you guys. Uh, Czech started against Chelsea. Um, Leno, he started against Lazio. Uh, what, what's, who's going to start the season, Tony? It's a tough one. Uh, Czech was very good against Chelsea. And I'm not just saying that because he saved a penalty in the shootout and one during the game. I thought he made some very good saves and I thought he made some very good saves in the other friendlies he's played. I think it was always the plan to give one 90 minutes in one game and one in the other. Uh, Leno didn't perform badly. It seems, in a way, Czech just had more to do. I can't remember Leno making a save where I thought, yeah, good save. I think every save I've seen him make has been like, oh, I would expect him to save that. Um, That's not his fault. That's the quality of shots that are coming at him. But Czech's probably looked better because he's had more to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a really tough call. And I said, after the Chelsea game, I messaged you guys and I said, I wouldn't be ruling Czech out to start against Man City. Not not by a long shot. So you're you're, you're putting your eggs on Czech? No, I'm sitting on the fence like Schwinn. Uh, he said it, he told me it's quite comfortable. But... Oh, oh, come on. I've been saying this since the, big, since the end of last season that Czech still has one season in him. And I, I think this is a very good question, Tess. I think... Uh, the distinction between Czech and Leno uh, in, in terms of how they play is, is I think, more positional. I think Leno relies a lot on where he's positioned when a shot goes off. And many times you'll see that he doesn't really lunge. He, he'll go off of instinct. He'll, he'll feel for where the shot's going to come from and where it's going to go. And if he thinks it's out of his range, you know, he's probably not going to jump. Uh, I must confess I haven't seen yesterday's game, but I watched some highlights and there were two, three different moments where Lazio had decent chances and Leno was left rooted to the spot. Uh, whereas Czech, I think because of his size or whatever you want to chalk that down to, I think he's a bit more active as, as the shot-stopping goalkeeper. So for me, Czech starts without question. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I got nothing. Yeah, I'll probably, I'm going to join you boys on the fence because I, I just I don't know how you split them. Join you boys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my my issue with it is, and I've seen some people say, oh, he's Leno in gently. But unless he's going to only play in the cup, you can't ease a keeper into a league season. It's it's not like you can just go get 50. You know, when you're easing a player back from injury, an outfield player, you give him 15, 20 minutes at the end of a game and then you you maybe start them, but bring them off after 60 or 70. Mm. It's not like that with a keeper. So for me, I think who he starts with, unless there's some howlers, is our number one keeper. And I don't think Leno's been brought to be a number two or, or been brought with you're going to be one number one next season when Czech's a bit older. But if there was no other factors, I would say Czech would probably start. But there is other factors, and that's what I think makes it a really tough decision. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, geez, it wouldn't be easy going in against... Your first two games, you know, Man City and bloody Chelsea. Get in there, son. 
Yeah, but that's when you've got to do your work. There's no to be fair for a keeper coming into a game where they don't have to do anything doesn't tell you tell them or you anything about them. Mm. So yeah. if he comes into a game where he's just got to kick the ball out a bit, and we know he's good with his feet, it's do you know what I mean? That that also doesn't really do him any favours, and I think that's where preseason has been not the best for him in that he hasn't had anything to do. He's as I said, he's conceded a couple of goals that he's completely not been at fault for. But he hasn't actually had anything to do. As you were talking, I'm just trying to have a look at when our first, uh, you know, cup game or Europe September. Or September. So, geez, you'd like to think he'd start before then. Yeah, it's like end or middle to end because um, there's an international break as well. So the international break ends on the 14th. That's when we're at Newcastle away, and then it's either that midweek or the midweek after. I think it's the one after. The Europa League's the one after. I'm not sure when the first Capital One Cup game is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or Carabao. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. Henry's gonna. He's got a decision to make there. So I agree with you. Whoever starts at City or Chelsea, or you, you'd imagine that that's number one for the season. That's our keeper going in for the season. Yeah, barring as I said, horrific mistakes or injuries. Mm. Because it's like, as I said, with people saying ease him in and, and play check until and then bring Leno in against West Ham but what if Czech has two worldies which you're capable of doing against Chelsea and City because you'd imagine you'll be tested so then the end you go oh Czech you've been amazing you've been our best player in both games but you're done now That that's just not going to happen mm-hmm. but last season we weren't like we oh, well me and you did we said we need a new keeper Schwinn said Czech's got another year in him um, we obviously well there was quite a few mistakes from Czech last season so yeah. that, that alone, I'd have to say, Leno, he starts. Yeah, it's difficult. I think had their pre-seasons been the other way round, then I don't think this would be a question. The, the, the issue comes with Czech's played well because he's had shots to face, whereas Leno, I wouldn't say he's played well. I wouldn't say he's played bad, but he's just had nothing to do. And when you've got nothing to do, you can't do nothing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, okay, just another one, Gwendausi, uh, Gwendausi. Um, he's had a really good preseason. So, where's he type of sit? Do you think, Tony? Um, for me, uh, I mean, looking at, at the City game first of all, for me, it's going to be uh, Jaka Torreira, Ramsey, and, and Gwendausi is probably the, the first sub. Obviously, situation depending, but um, yeah, for me, he'll be on the bench and. If, if anyone needs to change for whatever reason, uh, he's the, the next in line. Mm. He's been good. In my opinion. He's been good. He has been good. Mm. I, I, I'm i actually shocked to see a, a player in the you know the lower French league, or what was it, league? What is that called? The second division the in second France. second division league. in France, yeah. Like, to come to Arsenal and do what he's, you know, and I know it's only pre-season, but he, he's looking really good. Yeah, he can play. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Schwinn? You like it? I do. I think he's got a lot of promise. Uh, as, as I said on our last week's show, very metronomical, always showing himself to his teammates, which uh, which is a very positive uh, trait to have. And uh, from from what you can tell off the pitch, he's very playful. He's friendly with the boys, and he's he's already you know immersed himself into the team dynamic. Having said that, I slightly differ with you, boys. I think in the pecking order, he might just be behind El Neni. 
Uh, and that's this is nothing against him. I think it's just a testament to Elneny's, you know, experience. He he's been there. He's been in situations, especially against some of the big boys. You know, when you're playing the likes of City, Chelsea, or or one of our other rivals. Um, I think Guendouzi's goal for this season should be to impress when he gets time and gradually, you know, make his way above Elneny in the pecking order. But I think at the beginning of the season, maybe even towards, you know, in the first half of the season, uh, Emery might turn to El Nani just to bring that solidity uh, instead of opting for Guendouzi. I remember the last um, last season, the first half of the uh, our podcast career, when we were bloody riding off El Nani just about every week. And by the end of the season, we we're like, oh, he's, he's you know, he's not a, a number one player or, or a starter. Um but towards the end of the season, he he was showing a bit of a bit of hope, I suppose. But um, yeah, maybe you're right, Schwinn. Maybe you're right. I, I don't know. But, but for me, I like this Gwen Doozy bloke. I, I think he young young bloke. He's um, yeah. I think he'll be the first off the bench over El Nanny. That's just yeah, my opinion anyway. Um, boys, do you want to get into a season preview? Because with uh, sorry, Tony, you want to add any girls? I'll say, let's go. Let's go. Um, okay, so we've asked the boys at the Clock End Talk on the blog to also do their predictions. Uh, you can find that clockendtalk.blogspot.com. Um, and Craig, he runs all that for us with Carl and uh, who's that other bloke? Savvy. Savvy, how are we, Savvy? Um, yeah, so they've done their season predictions up there. Uh, Texas Gooner, he's there as well. Um, a couple of the other boys. So if you want to put your predictions in there, you can jump on the website and throw them in the comments because it's always fun to have a look back at the end of the year and think, oh, shit, I was right. You know, like Tony, he's always wrong and I'm always right. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so just just jump on there on the website and um, throw up your your predictions now. Tony, league winner. Uh, Man City. Schwinn. Man City. Yeah, I'm going to say Man City as well. Uh, Tony, FA Cup winner. Uh, Liverpool. Mm. Schwinn. Uh, I'll go for Chelsea. I'm going to go for Arsenal. Uh, top four, Tony. Uh, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. Schwinn. In that order. In that order. Schwinn? Uh, I'm going to go City, United, Followed by Liverpool and Chelsea. Okay, I'm going to go City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea. Okay, so obviously I've said that order. So our next one was where does Arsenal finish? Now I've said third, obviously. So what do you say, Tony? I said fourth and Schwinn, we're still unsure because he doesn't yeah. back us again in the Champions League. <laughs> Schwinn, sixth, seventh, eighth, where are you putting us, mate? Fifth. Fifth. Fifth, okay. Uh, Tony, who's your golden boot? 
Um, it's a tough one because saying Harry Kane is horrible, but he, he's always there or thereabouts. Um, but I don't think he will be this year. I think Aubameyang will run it close, but I don't think he'll win it because he will play wide too much. Um, I will go with Aguero. Schwinn? Good shout, Tony. Um, I'm going to be hated for this, uh, but I'm going to go for Alexis Sanchez. How'd <laughs> oh. <laughs> you pluck that name? <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be heavily on set-piece duty. I think this is the first summer he's had in a long time where he's had the summer off. The last two, three summers, he's been playing tournaments, uh, the Copa America, then the Copa America Centenario. Uh, I follow Alexis Sanchez quite a bit on social media, and, of course, that's an indication of how he's going to perform. But he's been training like a mad dog over the summer, and I think he's going to be very scary this season, and that's the— you know, partly the reason I have United in second, despite them, you know, not really strengthening a whole lot. Okay, I'm going to go Bamiyang. I think it's uh, as as Schwinn said about Sanchez. I think Bamiyang. It's this is going to be uh, his season. Um, Tony, Player of the Year. Uh, I said the Bruyne last year, and I was wrong, but not far off. Uh, and I think this year will probably be his turn. Schwinn? Wow, this is a tough one. Um, I'll go for Kevin De Bruyne as well, actually. Yeah, I'm going to go De Bruyne as well. Um, if, just, just, just saying, if Sanchez gets the golden boot, as, as Schwinn said, and they come second, I think he probably will get there the year. But I can't see him being anywhere near the golden boot. <laughs> um... Just quickly on the golden boot, nobody said Mo Salah. Is there a reason? I don't think he can repeat that again, to be honest. Mm. Okay. Um, Arsenal's player of the year, Tony? Aubameyang. Schwinn? Mesut Ozil. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I've actually gone a Go on, go on, no, say no, it. No, I'm going a Bamiyang only because if he's going to get the golden boot, you've got to give him the player of the year. Fair enough. Okay, um, who's the first manager to get sacked, Tony? Uh, I mean, I've gone on record on here for ages saying I'd be surprised if Mourinho lasts till 2019, but it's Premier League football, so there'll be someone gone before that. Um, I'm looking at at the likes of Wolves and Fulham, if they have a terrible start just because they're not used to the league, will their chairman think, I've spent loads of money and and we're 16th or 17th? Um, so, I think, is it Jokanovic, his name? Uh, the Fulham manager? I think if they get off to a... I don't know how hard their start is in terms of fixtures, but I think if they get off to a horrible start, um, it, it could be uh, a long, long... Um, season for him or, or not making the season so I'll probably go for him Okay, um, Schwinn uh, I'm going to go for the Watford manager Javi Garcia I, I think he's a bookie's favourite actually uh, that, that, I mean to, to be very honest I, I again I haven't seen as you said Tony I haven't seen the fixtures but I just think they've lost a couple of players and uh, you know, I'm not sure whether Javi Garcia has, has it in him so it's purely a coincidence but 
that that doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know who's an in- interesting one is Burnley. They haven't signed a player yet. They're in Europa League this year. They, they signed Ben Gibson today. Oh, did they? Okay. But I, I wonder whether um, Sean Dyke, he'd be under pressure. He'd Surely. be fooled to let him go, to be fair, though. Oh, I agree. But, like, yeah. I want, yeah. It's something, something's going on there at Burnley. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go with Mourinho. I think he'll be gone um, by Christmas. Um, relegation. Tony? Uh, Huddersfield. I think they'll suffer from second season syndrome. Um, Cardiff, I, I don't think they've done enough. And and uh, oh, third one's <laughs> tough. Um, see, so, so we all I, do prep prep before this show. Yeah, I can't even remember who's in the league. Fuck it, Tottenham. <laughs> I don't think we're down by something or anyone else, so let's go with Tottenham. Ashwin? Um, I'm going to go for, in no particular order, Newcastle, Watford, and Cardiff. Yeah, I'll change Tottenham to Watford. Okay, I'm going to go Cardiff, Watford, and Huddersfield. So what you so said. So the same as me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so that's about it, boys. Oh, sorry, no, we've got the flop of the season. Tony? Um, Steve, I mean, I'm looking at signs. Yeah, I mean, it's looking at signs that I don't think will do well, and I, I may be judging this based on what I'm watching right now, and he's having a horror show. I, I don't think Jorginho's suited to the Premier League. Um, wow. He, look, I mean, look, you've got to look in terms of, of price. Uh, we was talking earlier and I said, I don't think Matinho suited to the Premier League, but he's at a team that are just coming up and he's only cost five million. So no one will ever call him the flop of the year, even if he even if he is poor. Um, whereas Jorginho, I think people are expecting something from him. And I think the issue with him is he's a good player and he'll keep the ball ticking over, but he won't get any figures or anything. And he'll have 90 completed passes a match, but not many of them will be going, like, will be creating anything. So I think there'll be a lot of questions about what does he actually do at times. Mm. Because in England, we don't rate keeping the ball. In in Spain and, and and Italy, that's the key thing. They want to keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. We'll eventually wear teams down. With the, the, the pace and the blood of thunder of the Premier League, everyone wants you to try and score with, with every touch. And Jorginho really isn't that type of player. Okay, Schwinn? I have a few names in mind. Um, well, you only laid Richarlison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to put them out there for the, you know, for the record. Uh, Richarlison is one. I think uh, going off Tony's logic in terms of the price tag, I think you know, even if he gets ten goals, let's say, I think you know that might be the decent a decent benchmark for him. But fifty million is a is a big price tag, despite a deflated market. So. He's one of them in my mind, Seri, for you know all the praise he's gotten over the years from Arsenal fans ever since he's been linked with us. And the third one is Fred, uh, which I'm not quite sure how he's going to fit into the United squad. So I think I'm going to go with Fred for this one. Yeah, okay. I'll go under your logic as well. I'll throw a couple of names. Look, I, I think uh, Allison 
And not that I'm... Very good shout. Not that I've got the shits that he left Roma for Liverpool, but I just think the, <laughs> price, the price tag Liverpool pay for him, I just wonder what the expectations are of him this year. Um, and he didn't have the greatest World Cup, so I think I think the daggers might be out for him quickly for Liverpool fans if he makes a few mistakes. Um, another one, Philippe Anderson at West Ham. I also wonder what the expectations are there as well for West Ham supporters. So, um, look, I'm going to go Allison though. But the other two that I was type of thinking, there was another guy just who who bought in. Actually, it wasn't another guy. It was the whole Wolf Wolfhampton team. All them Portugal guys <laughs> they bought in. I don't know how they're going to gel. I they've bought in like uh, lots of, and everyone's saying they're great signings, but. It's going to be hard for that team to gel quickly. Um, and if they lose a couple of games on the trot, then actually, no, I should be shouting out for their manager too. Um, they're going to be under big pressure, big pressure. Is that the manager? They've got the men. Oh, no, he's Portugal manager as well. Yeah, OK. Um, so Wolfhampton, yeah, the users are going to struggle, I think. But anyway, uh, Alisson, he's my flop of the season. Um, okay, that's about it for our predictions. So you can also add yours, and please do, because I want to have a look back at them later in the year to see if if you're as smart as us. <laughs> um, now, Tony, I want to talk about a tr- bit of transfer news. Firstly, I want to get your opinion, though, boys. The Premier League window shuts on Thursday, but, and as everybody knows... Uh, every other league is still open until I think Italy's open until about the 18th of August and then you've got the French League and the Spain League La Liga open until the end of August Now I didn't know Italy had moved forward I thought they were staying the 1st of September as normal I think uh, I, I, I don't, you, I, You're probably right I've not looked into it Yeah, I, I, I thought I did see something about the 18th of August that, that finished but um, but anyway, let's let's say it goes till the end of August for argument's sake. What's your thoughts on on now that the Premier League window shuts in six days' time or five days' time or whatever time you listen to this podcast compared to the rest of the windows? I think it's ridiculous. I think moving the window forward to the day before the season starts is a good idea, but it has to be the same date for everyone. There's strong rumours going around, I'm sure most people have seen them, that Real Madrid aren't even looking to do business while there's English clubs in the market because they'll look at a player and and the the selling club, even if they say it's from Germany, say they're looking at Lewandowski and they'll say, oh yeah, Man United are going to pay 100 million for him. So then Real Madrid, if they want him, have to pay 100 million. Whereas if they do it on Friday, so the day after the English windows close, there's no threat of English money. Um, Also, I mean, I don't think many, because English clubs can still sell after that day. But obviously they can't replace them. So it means the price of players playing in England will go up, but the prices of players everywhere else will go down. Um, so, I mean, it's rumoured that that's what Real Madrid are doing. Obviously, I don't know how true that is. So I, I have no issue with it being the day before the season starts. But the, the two issues are not every season starts at the same time. And uh, I think it should close on the same date for everyone. Yeah, my worry is, and and we'll get to it in a minute, is is players like Ramsey, um, you know, they're, they're looking, they're not going to go abroad, but 
if the Real Madrid look at go, well, you know, we, we can't get Hazard, we can't get this, we can't get that. And just hypothetically, I, I'm not saying this is a rumour or this is going to happen or anything like that. But if Real Madrid come in for Ramsey on, say, you know, obviously after the English Premier League window is closed, we actually, we're screwed. We, we well, can't replace just, him. You wouldn't sell him. That's, that's the, or you have to replace him before you sell him. So you buy on... August and 9th or whatever day our window closes and then you've got 21 days to sell basically but if, if they come in for a big offer like surely you're not going to go on yeah but what you've got to do if you're willing if you know you're willing to sell him so if Arsenal know now I'm not saying this is happening but if Arsenal know now Ramsey's not going to sign a contract what they, what they can do is sign someone now sign his replacement now even though he's still there and then they can still negotiate selling him up until the window closes in whatever country, so September first mm. in most cases. And if they don't so, sell him, then you're stuck you with do. two. Have... Yeah, but I mean, you're going to accept some price for him. Mm. Teams aren't going to completely ignore him. Mm. But I mean, it, that's the game you play. I mean, it's a lot of times some teams sell and then buy, and other teams buy first and then sell. So it's, it's there's more than one way of uh, of doing things, more than one way of cooking an egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schwinn, what's your thoughts on the on the Premier League window closing early before the others, man? I mean, conceptually, I think it's it's the right idea. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I am, I think all the clubs voted unanimously to to close the window before the season starts. And as Tony very articulately mentioned, you know, it, it's preposterous. It's it that's not how the market should work. You have potential buyers, and some may argue the biggest buyers leaving the window uh leaving the market and then you know the players like uh clubs like real madrid and some of the other ones can carry on with their business so i'm not going to go over that once again uh but what i do find baffling is as you guys were talking i was trying to look up when the italian window closes and i found three different articles mentioning three different dates the 18th the 25th and august 30th so uh, if someone has any clarity on that then please do share with us what uh you know what the date for that is yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the 18th, right? I, I think they can go to oh, there's loan deals that go a bit longer. Um, so that may oh no, that wouldn't be right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm looking at a standard article uh, from the Evening Standard, as I as I said, uh, that that says you know other than the England the English Premier League, uh, every other window closes on the 31st. So. Um, I'm, you know, I, I have no answer to to what you say. Of course, you watch the Italian league much more. So I, I would believe you, but it's just conflicting things, you know, that I'm reading here. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's the actual 9th of August, my time, but yeah, I, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but that's even a weirder one as well, because the others go to the end of August, but they've decided even whether it be the 18th, 19th, or 20, what'd you say, 25th, that's, that's odd again. To you know the other other couple of leagues who go right to the end. It's it's why can't they just get all on the same page and go okay? Let's all agree the window's going to shut on this date. They were everyone was on the the, the page of September first, August thirty first, and then the Premier League started messing about, and and then now it looks like everyone's on a different singing from a different sheet, but they haven't ever been in every other window. Mm-hmm. That's bloody bizarre. Um, next year, you'd like it to go back to December, September one. 
uh, I want everyone to be the same. So whether that you be September 1st, yep. whether it be August 1st, wh- whatever it is, I, I just want everyone to be the same because it manipulates the market. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Now, talking about transfers, a uh, couple of transfer rumours running around. Danny Welbeck, um, we were reading, I was reading that Everton were in for him, Tony. Yeah, I've seen links of Everton, I've seen links of West Ham, and I've seen links with Ziktas. Um, Who? Ziktas. Fuck are they? Turkish. Oh, okay. Uh, same team that's been linked with Ospina. Um, I don't know. It's a difficult one because Danny's still not back. He's not back till tomorrow. Um, and it leaves you four days to sell him. Obviously, if they, they are considering it, they're discussing it already. I'd be surprised if he moves out of England. Um I could see him at an Everton. They don't have, I mean, uh, off the top of my head, uh, Cenk Tosin's their only striker, and he's more physical, but they've got no pace as a nine, which is where I'd imagine they'd use Danny. Obviously, Richarlison's going to play wide. Uh, I'd imagine Walcott's going to play the other side, and then they've got Belassi on the bench. So they've got loads of pace in wide areas, but not, but not much through the middle, and none of their wide players can cross the ball. So it seems a bit pointless in a sense having a big man when you've got Walcott who, who's never been able to cross and Bilassi and Richarlison both play uh, inverted so the crossing tends to be weaker um, because they're not getting to the byline so it would make sense to give them an option of another of another quick player to play as a nine and keep up with their front line so mm. I mean I don't know if I can see it happening but it would make sense of Danny to, to Everton but as it would West Ham as well I think they both both of them make sense it's whether they want to put up whatever money it is Arsenal want. Mm, okay. Um, now, Schwinn brought this to my attention during the week. Uh, Granite Xhaka to Roma. Schwinn, so I'm going to go with you, mate. Yeah, not going to happen. I, I saw it, and I think what the report said was that that would be their next option. It didn't indicate that we were looking to ship him out. And to be honest, if we did, I'd, I'd really, you know, question what's going on at our club. Uh, I don't see it having any legs. And, you know, having seen some of the highlights from the Lazio game, I thought the the armband really suited Chaka. He was happy to give Nelson a mouthful, despite Nelson just scoring a goal. And he, he's showing some serious leadership tendencies. Um, I'm not sure how he played one way or the other. We shouldn't t- take that seriously. It's a preseason game. He's just come back. But, yeah, he's going to stay at Arsenal for sure. Mate, even if you didn't watch the game, I already know he played well. That's how confident <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, oh, he's oh, and, and guess what? Guess what, Schwinn? Who was the captain? Go on. Who was the captain? Yeah, all right, all right. You, you know I have no you know I have no malice towards him, right? I mean, he was my vote to be captain at the beginning of the summer, so I, I do love that. This comes on the back of Schwinn sharing... Uh, your lover boy wearing the captain's ear. I can't remember who that was against. Was it against Chelsea? Who, Jack? No, Ozil. Oh. He, he had the bloody um, captain's armband against some yeah. pre-season PSG. Game. PSG, was it? Yeah. Um, that's right, yeah. So, Granite, he's our future captain, lads. You heard it here first at the clock and talk. Um from me, not from Taz, from me. <laughs> uh, Tony, what is going on with Aaron Ramsey that you've been reading you know, or whatnot? It's hard, eh? It, it, look, all we can say now is he's still not signed. There's rumours today. I don't know where they've come from. 
about him demanding 320 grand a week. I, I doubt they're true. And if they are true, he ain't getting it. There's no way Arsenal are going to pay him that. Um, look, every, every day it goes on, it looks more likely he's out the door. And that's not that I want him to go. But I just think with every day, it becomes more likely that he's gone. Um, but do I actually know what's going on? No, I don't have a clue. Hmm. Another one that I just, last one that I, unless you boys have got any other news that's come through, uh, Lucas Perez. Now, I've seen some ridiculous reports, and, and why I say ridiculous, was the fee. I think it was like $4 million, $4 million, $5 million, $6 million. Uh, Lazio was there. I think West Ham was there as well. What's your thoughts, Tony? Do you, do you think it's a bit cheap? Uh it's difficult. We paid we paid seventeen million for him. He he didn't really impress and I know including me, a lot of Arsenal fans think he wasn't given a chance and he could be quite good, but you've got to go over the facts. He he didn't overly impress and was loaned out due to that. He didn't have a good season on loan. And and now he's thirty years old, so I'm I'm not surprised with the valuations we're talking about. I think with a lot of the rumours though, the problem I think the press think Arsenal probably don't want him. So they're linking him with, with everyone. He's been linked with, I think, four teams this week. Mm. Um, as, you, as you said, West Ham, Fiorentina, Lazio, and then there's another team lower in uh, in Italy. I can't remember. Like, one of the, is it, I'm not even going to try and say it begins with F. Um, so he's kind of just being linked everywhere. And I think that's just the press assuming that, oh, he won't be playing for Arsenal, so we'll, we'll make a story. And if we throw enough shit at the ball, something will stick. Something will stick. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now we're going to bring in a signing very soon, and I believe it's on a loan deal because me and Schwinn are totally convinced of this player, aren't we, Schwinn? And that is—I well, never said I was convinced. <laughs> I said I wanted to happen, but oh, you know, come on, uh, come on, just fucking ice it up. Well, <laughs> no, no, let's let's be fair here, boys. You know, you've already called me a fence sitter when I'm the only one who gave an answer. So just give me a second here, okay? <laughs> okay, go. Uh, I think this is the first time in Arsenal history when. Someone has put a poll out there, and I'm talking about Tony here putting a poll on the Clock and Talk Twitter account. And I think it was neck and neck by the time the the poll ended, 50-50, you know, whether we think he's going he's gonna to come in or not. Uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I said, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wanted him to come. Obviously, I wanted him to come. But I do I think it's going to happen? No. And, you know, that's what, what I voted on, on, on the poll. So if someone doubts my uh, my intention here, I can send a screenshot of that and let people know that I did vote no there. Now, now you go on, Tez. Now give me a, give me I'll, something to go off of. I'll, I'll check that screenshot later for us all. Um, but basically, what's happened here is Schwinn's said yes and no. So either way, you can go, oh, yeah, I was right. <laughs> we are talking about Dembele from Barcelona, for those who are wondering, who the fuck are they talking about? Um, <laughs> Tony, you're adamant it's a definite no, he's not coming. Well, I just think it's, it's probably the biggest deal in Arsenal's history in terms of there is a guarantee of no nothing coming back in terms of money, that Barcelona would want at least $15 million as a loan fee. Absolute minimum. You've then got to pay his wages, which at absolute lowest he's going to be on 150 grand a week. So say you have him for the year, that's, what, nearly $7 million, I think? Just over $7 million, sorry. So you're spending $22 million on a player this is at minimum, by the way. This isn't stretching it. This is at minimum. You're spending $22 million on a player, and you are guaranteed to get absolutely zero back. So for one year, 
you're spending 22 million. I, I just, I really can't see Arsenal doing that. It's not like, you think that's, I know Ozil's been long term, but Ozil at the time was our record signing at 42 million, but it was tied down to a five year deal. This guy is half of that for one season with an absolute guarantee of no money coming back from it. Whereas Ozil, even if he had a not great first year, you could have still got 30 million for him or whatever. You, there's always a fee. We could still get a fee for Ozil now. I just, I just really can't see how it fits in with the business model of Arsenal. And as I said to Schwinn, I mean, he's obviously convinced uh, Gazidis is leaving. I'm a bit unsure on it, to be honest. But I can't see Arsenal negotiating what I believe to be probably the biggest deal in the club's history without a chief exec. I know Raul was there to do stuff like that and Sven's there to identify a player, but uh, Gazidis is still their senior man. He's their manager, so to speak. And to, to discuss him, what is potentially the biggest deal in the club's history without a CEO just seems ridiculous to me. I'm just going to throw something. You said at you, you said we actually, we get absolutely nothing back in Arsenal. Um, that's not, just not the way Arsenal do business. Lucas Perez cost us $18 million. We've got absolutely nothing out of him. We've sent him on loan. He's done, oh, look, he scored a couple of goals in Europa League and whatnot. And now we're looking at $4 million if the if the rumours yeah, are so, Yeah, but you've, you've said we've got absolutely nothing back, but we did get a loan fee and we've also got the potential to get a transfer fee and he okay. could have been successful. Look, you, you, you have to gamble. You, you never know if a player is going to be successful. So that is always part of the gamble. But we know with Dembele whether he has the best year of his life or the worst year of his life, he's going to cost us that fee and there will be absolutely nothing in return. So that's what I'm saying. It's not with Perez, we took a gamble. With him, we wouldn't. And I know that you can say with him, we'd get better results on the pitch, which, yeah, you, you would assume is true. But in terms of the what the players brings us, Arsenal always look at the potential upside of a transfer in terms of sales and, and, and what you can get back. Every club always looks at that. It doesn't make them a selling club. It makes it makes business sense to do that. And I just think the signing of Dembele makes sense on a football pitch, but business-wise makes absolutely no sense at all. And we know Arsenal are run as a business. What look, don't get me wrong, I want him. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. I don't want him. Yeah. I'm just saying I really cannot. I'd be absolutely amazed if it happened. And look, I hope come Thursday I'm sitting here amazed, but I, I don't think I will be. Yeah, I know what you mean. And you're, you're breaking it down as, you know, like, like a, a business-type model, you're, you're saying. But, but what, if, what if it was like a Yemis Rodriguez two-year loan deal? Yeah, but the, the loan fee would still, It'd be would still reflect high. that. So. Yeah. So no, well, Arsenal will be paying, as I said, say fifteen million for the year, and it would just be thirty. So I mean, the thing, everything would be the same. It just doubled. The only, the only way I think to be considered is if you have a guaranteed um, price that you can buy him for at the end of the deal, but you don't have to. So it's not an obligation to buy; it's an opportunity to buy. Yeah. So for example, if they said pay fifteen million loan fee for the year, so to speak, and at the end of the year you can buy him for 80 million, say. It would be more than that. I'm just putting a number out there. Yeah, 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 but yeah. it's not an obligation to. You don't have to. Because an obligation to buy wouldn't sue us. Because if he stinks the place out, you've then got to go and pay that 80 or 100 million for him. So you don't want to do that. And, and Arsenal wouldn't do that. You need an option to buy. But, I mean, you, this, is, this is a deal for a potentially world-class player. And for it to work for us, we would need everything to be in our favour. And football just doesn't <laughs> and there's um, Snow having a lash. You agree with everything he, he said there, Schwinn? I do. Um, you know, I, I've 
I might even go a step further and, and question whether it makes sense on the football field. Uh, don't get me wrong. Usman Dembele is a, is a fantastic player and he can add a lot of value. But who does he oust? You know, who sits on the bench? You know, if, if let's assume for a second it's going to be a 4-3-3 uh, and we have Ramsey, Torreira and Shaka starting in midfield. Who Who is the front three? Do we sit Lacazette? Do we sit Mkhitaryan? Do we sit Mesut Ozil? And how long can we keep well, well, you know, our permanent I, I think it'd be a Bamiyang, Lacazette, and uh, Dembele would be your front three, wouldn't it? You, you sit Mesut Ozil, who's on 350k for a low knee? No, well, yeah, good point. No, well, he'd probably tuck you in know, behind there somewhere, wouldn't he? Well, see, that's what I'm trying to say. You, you know, against a, a Huddersfield, a West Ham, you know, some of these, you know, quote-unquote lower league table teams – you know, we might switch to a four-two-three-one. We, you know, take a midfielder off and and throw another attacker on. And let's be honest, those are the majority of the games we play against lower-level opposition. Mm. So during those games, we can you know try and rotate and keep players happy. But it's it's another headache for the manager to have. And you know, he, he you don't win that battle, as Tony very eloquently said. You know, the the, the price of Dembele is not going to go one way or the other, despite how he performs. It's it's going to be a, a stumbling block at the end of the season if he stinks the place up or if he performs really well. But at what cost? What's the opportunity cost associated with that? You know, do you want to piss off a Mkhitaryan who's got a long-term contract? Do you want to piss off a Mesut Ozil who's our highest earning player for who we just smashed our weight structure? I think the, the pros in this case do not outweigh the cons. And, you know, unless you can go in for him and buy him outright and, and try and put a squad together that's really going to challenge at the top of the Premier League and going to make a significant damage in the Europa League, I don't think we're ready for that. And in Emery's first season, I don't think the club is quite ready to to give him that sort of confidence boost uh, and that sort of financial boost. And it only makes sense to me. Mm, no, I agree. I agree. Another thing you could do is... Uh, uh when Ozil goes missing, we could put Dembele on. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, you always want to do that. It seems to be having a productive discussion, Tez. <laughs> no, but I do. I, 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 I agree with everything you say. It's going to be very hard. It would be. If, if you brought Dembele in, you, you're dead right because... What are you going to do? You're going to put Ozil out. You're going to put Mkhitaryan out. So you're you're thinking Ozil will play a right wing. I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. Sorry. I'm thinking Ozil with what? You, you're th- you're thinking Ozil will play on the right, up up on the front three. Yeah, I think if you're playing uh, a team uh, like a City or you know some of the top level opposition, I think we'll we'll throw in an additional body in midfield and let Mesut take up a position on the right wing, which we always you know as we know is very fluid. He's happy to tuck in and let Aubameyang and Lacazette become you know the two strikers, which virtually becomes a four-three-one-two. Mm. Um, and you know against some of the other teams, maybe go to a four-two-three-one, take off. Shaka or Torreira or Ramsey, depending on who's available, what our next fixture is like, uh, and throw, uh, throw in a Mkhitaryan on the right and let Mesut take the number 10 position. I think we're ha- going to have a very fluid formation. It's you know one of the biggest problems I had with Arson during his time that you could pick out the team well before the game started. And, you know, this is a this is a good problem to have. Even sitting here today, we don't know what the team is going to be for, you know, our next game. 
Mm. And, you know, if, if people like us who are not experts, but, you know, are well-versed with what's happening at the club, how the preseason has gone, if we cannot pick a team, you bet your ass people at Man City cannot pick their team. And, you know, this is not a testament to us. It's just unpredictability at its best. Uh, great, great talent. So each and every week we are joined by a couple of listeners. And this week, uh, Chibi has joined us. How are you, Chibi? Hey, how's it going? Good, mate. Good. You enjoying the preseason? I am. I am loving it. Excited to, um, you know, to get started next week, though. You know, okay. I feel like I, I feel like I want I want the season to start just already. Let's go. Let's see what what Embry has for us. Let's see how our team is and stuff. We're excited. Can't mate. Wait to, We're yeah. excited. Okay. Uh, what's your question, mate? Uh, my question is, um, Kalasinac is injured. We're gonna sign the left back, right? That's just common sense. Where we have to do it. I, I thought already that we needed one defender anyways. Now with um, Kolasinac injured, just surely we have to sign someone. Am I am I losing it or do we 100% have to sign someone um, like, like right yeah, now? I'm, I'm hearing you and I was thinking of exactly the same thing uh, the other day, but I, I couldn't think of too many left backs that we'd look at signing. So I'll throw this to Tony. What's your thoughts, Mike? Uh, I mean, I'll start off by saying I don't think we will. I mean, he's out for, for 10 weeks from last week, so say nine weeks once the season starts. Uh, Nacho's back in training. Ainsley can fill in there if needed. It's not You don't want him there long term, but he, he can do it if necessary. So I don't think they'll sign someone who could then go and be third choice in 10 weeks. Okay. I'm not the biggest fan of Kolasinac, and personally, I would sign a first choice left back. But I think if they were going to do that, they would have done it regardless of... Um, Kalasanach's injury and they would have done it earlier in the summer. The one I think would possibly be available uh, is the, the PSG left back, uh, Kozawa. Or I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not entirely sure yeah. how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't see us doing it in this window. I think if, if we was to get a first choice left back, we would have done it in May or June. Um, and it would have been uh, irrespective of, of Kalasanach's fitness. Because, I mean, personally, I don't think he's good enough anyway. But can we just say that, like, that's like the big like, differentiation between like us and like Man U or Man City or Liverpool or even Chelsea. Like, make no mistake, if Liverpool lost their second, if Man U lost Luke Shaw right now, they will sign another defender. If they lost him for two months, they will 100% get someone else. So will Chelsea, so would Man City, so would Liverpool. I'm just saying, like this is the re- this is the difference. This is why we compete for top four places and not for like, the title places. I just think that, yeah, man, Montreal is, is Montreal too is even hurt. By the way, number one, he too is hurt. He's not seriously hurt, but he's hurt as well. I'm just saying, if Kolasinac is, is going to be hurt for two whole months, even if it's alone, we have to get a, a defender in. We're already thin at the back. We can't get any thinner. That's mm. just, you know, that's mm. just... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hearing you, mate, and I echo your thoughts as well. What, what's your take on it, Schwinn? Uh, look, I agree with Tony at, uh, completely. Uh, so I, I'll tackle what uh, Chibi just said in the aftermath. Look, our business model is very different to a Liverpool or a United or a City. I don't disagree with you that, you know, they might go in uh, and, and, you know, quote-unquote, go in for a panic buy this late into the window with a player out for two months. For, for me, Kolasinac was not going to be a starter. He might have started the first two games because, as you said, Montreal wouldn't have been fit. But for me, Montreal is always going to 
precede Kolasinac in the starting 11. Uh, you know, we, we're a self-sustaining club. Our business model is a bit different to to some of the other clubs that have sugar daddies. And, and by that logic, uh, you know, I, I feel the sentiment, but, you know, you have to also see how we operate as a club uh, we can always get into the discussion of if that's the right thing or not uh, that's not what we're trying to, that's not what we're trying to do here but you know there, there's a difference in how we operate and that will show uh, in our transfer activity as well mm. wow. that that is a weak area though isn't it Schwinn? Do you agree? it is it is a weak area that's for sure yeah uh, do you agree Schwinn? it's a weak area it, it, it's an aging area, and uh, you know, let's give the club some benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, last season we we brought in Kolasinac, who was the best left back in the Bundesliga. We got him on a free. Uh, on paper, it looks like a very good transfer. Uh, and uh, let's not forget that as a wing back, he was very good. His attacking prowess is pretty good. He has an eye for goal. He has an eye for finding people behind the line. Uh, he has a cheeky pass on him uh, in him every now and then. He's not a through and through left back. And let's hope that the new manager comes in and and tries and helps him out that way. I think he's lost a bit of weight, which will probably help him in his uh, you know recovery runs and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan, uh, especially in what we've seen in the preseason. But I'm going to put a bit more faith and patience in me and, and see how he progresses from here on out. I'm not the most positive, but I, I want to give him a chance because I don't think it's the most important position quite yet mm-hmm. okay what do you think of that chibi um i mean you guys seem to all oh, agree that we don't need somebody i mean i just i i feel like i feel like i think we need someone way more urgent than you guys think we do so mm-hmm. if you guys disagree i guess that makes sense but i just i don't know i just feel like with signing just i'm um, socrates this summer anyway like we're so thin at the back like we're just like i'm i'm sorry i just don't i can't count on marvel panas and holding i can barely even count in chambers yet so you know i just feel like any other just thing to our back line is just too risky mm. so it, it, if it was me i would i would go sign someone especially if it was my first season at the club i would just be like you know what i'm gonna go sign someone even if it's someone who's 30 years old for on a loan or something it mustn't be it mustn't be kozawa who's expensive and young it can be some 30-year-old left back from Italy or something who, who just knows his job, you know, like, say, a Lanstein on the left and just have him there. I would I would do it. I mm. think it's important. Tony, just just throw a curveball at you, though. Mafropanis or um, Socrates, has any of them played in a left-back role that you know of? No, no, neither of them have. Uh, as I said, it, it will be Ainsley. So I, I would imagine our, our left-back, Order is Nacho, Kolasinac, Ainsley, and then Osei Tutu, who's not really a left back, but he's played there more than more than others in the squad. So mm-hmm. that, they they will be our our four, so to speak. Um, I, I I don't actually disagree that we need a left back. I just know in Arsenal how I know Arsenal. Just yeah. I'm pretty sure it won't happen. So yeah. I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Just I'm I'm thinking what the Arsenal I know will do. They yeah. they could surprise me, but I, I would be very surprised. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, Chibi, thank you for your call, mate. And, um, yeah. We'll, we'll catch you on the flip side, brother. Yeah, yeah. Catch you guys. No worries, buddy. And you too can yeah. get in. You too can get in touch with us at Clock and underscore Talk on Twitter, and we've got the link up there in our bio. Um, we'll try and get through a couple of live calls each podcast yeah. and talk to a few listeners so thanks again Chibi yeah. thanks guys thanks mate bye
Okay, let's get into some user, uh, some uh, listener questions because we've got a heap to get through. Um, I'm going to throw this at you, Schwinn. So Vish has asked, do you believe Bellerin will, be, will, will become a good defender or should he rather concentrate on modelling fashion career? Uh, I saw this question come in, and it, it sort of touched a nerve. I mean, look, uh, we all love Vish. He's been uh, a supporter of the podcast since uh, day one, I would say. Um, and uh, I think despite being very unhappy with how he performed against Chelsea, I, I think we need to sort of look at ourselves and, you know, get away from all this modeling or any any of this spiel that, you know, players partake in off the field. We are no one to question what they're doing and you know a, a footballer will only be performing well if they're happy and you know for everyone it's different what keeps them happy for for some people it's saving rhinos i'm talking about Aaron ramsey of course and for some people it's to indulge in fashion and you know different activities that has no bearing on how they perform i would argue that if you're happy with some of your other extracurricular activities you perform better on the field and, you know, this may be a reactionary question, so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I really don't want to hear more of this because I think it's extremely unfair. I think it's almost kiddish for us to, you know, get into these topics. And, you know, it, it, it just doesn't bode well with me. Mm, okay. Is Tony back with us? Never left, mate. Never left. Here he is. How's Snowgar, mate? Oh, I don't know. Going off somewhere. <laughs> okay, another one from Vish. Um, does Klozanac have a future at Arsenal as his performances thus led me to believe he might up being sold come December or January, I presume? Tony. I'd be very surprised if we sold him in the window uh, because you'd have to get a replacement. Um, similar to Chibi's question, uh, Chibi, sorry, his question earlier. Um, I, I think it will be you need a, a long term replacement because Nacho's not getting any younger so we need a first choice left back um, so I don't think it will be in, in January but I personally and, and all the regular listeners will know I've said this for a long time I don't think he has a future at Arsenal OK um, MWA Gunner Schwinn which Man City and Chelsea player are you hoping to be removed during today's game? Uh, maybe go back to Tony on that one because he's watching it. Yeah, um, I mean... Oh, sorry, on, sorry. <laughs> Go on, Tony. Well, I mean, I was just... like I'm watching it now. It's currently 1-0 City after 50 minutes. Um, I can't believe how strong City's team is. I mean, we know Welbeck played... Well, he didn't play, but he was involved in the, in the World Cup up until the last weekend. And he's not back training yet. And um, Chelsea haven't got any of their players that were involved in the last weekend. So Hazard, Courtois, Kante are not involved. But City have started and up until this point are all still on the pitch. Mendy, Walker, Stones, who were all played in the... in Well, Mendy, sorry, didn't. But Walker and Stones played on the, on the Saturday, the penultimate day of the World Cup. And they're back playing, as I said, up till now 50 minutes. De Bruyne is not on the bench, but he's sitting there in the stand. So he's obviously back from holiday. And it's just, I can't believe how strong their team is. When this question came in, obviously it was before the game, and I thought, oh, well, they're going to be a bit weak anyway. But I don't know how Ped Guardiola does it. He just seems to have his players ready at all times. Do you think, um, you know how you echo on the thoughts earlier of Arsenal's pre-season and you were saying that you'd like to, um, you know, see at least 
our starting lineup in these pre-season friendlies. Do you think that's what Pep's done here? I haven't seen the team, so I'm not real sure, but you're saying it's a strong team, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, give or take, he's played the, I mean, Phil Foden's playing, but as I said, De Bruyne is sitting in the stands watching, so that's probably the natural replacement there. But he has a lot of the players that, as I said, played played in the World Cup. What I can see what he's trying to do, as I said, is something that I would advocate trying to get in your players uh, to play together before the season starts. My issue is with that every other club still has these players on holiday. So... Or, or they came back a day ago. I mean, there's been loads of pictures, obviously, of Dembele going back. It's not even proper Barcelona training. He's just back in Barcelona as of Friday. And then he starts training on Monday. So, And obviously, he was involved in the last weekend of the World Cup. So it's not just a Premier League thing. Every other club has their players coming back tomorrow. And City have somehow got theirs out playing today. It's just... Bizarre. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how they do it. It's unbelievable. What's Chelsea's squad? Is it a strong squad? Yeah, I mean, it's strong enough. They they don't have again. They don't have their um, they don't have Kante, Hazard, and Courtois uh, to run through. It's Aspilicueta right back, uh, Rudiger, Luis, Alonso, Barkley, Fabregas, Jorginho. Um, it was Pedro, Morata, Hudson, Odoi. But I'm not sure if there was a change at halftime. Okay, who do you think will win? Because MWA Gunner has also asked that. Well, I'm kind of cheating because I'm 55 <laughs> minutes in and it's 1-0 to City. So I'm going to go with City. But, I mean, they're starting 11 for anyone that's not seen it or not watching it. It's Bravo, but Edison's on the bench. Um, who started left? Mendy started left back. Walker right back. Stones and Laporte. Uh, Fernandinho and Bernardo must have been. Mares, Foden, Sane, and then Aguero up top. So I think that's... Uh, going to be quite similar it won't be completely what we see against City but it won't be far off I'd imagine the keeper changes I'd imagine the back four probably stays the same Fernandinho stays in Sane stays in Aguero stays in and, and probably Mahrez so it's it's a good eight of them I'm just I'm just going to ask and I know, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm dribbling on here um, how's Morata is he is he looking alright or are they bring, going to bring Giroud on you think uh, Giroud's not back because he played oh, in the last week's yeah, World Cup. Course, so yeah. the only team that magically have people back. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, Morata's not been in the game, but really, but Chelsea haven't really been in the game as an attacking force. Um, they've not really. Jorginho's had a horror show. Um, that's why you called but, him. That's why you said the um, worst, the flop of the season. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, we were talking before the podcast, and, and I said my issue with. Moutinho was, was about the money um, and, I, and I did say then that uh, it's probably because I'm watching him now and he's not having a good game but he really hasn't been good yeah okay um, Schwinn that RC fella he's asking how on earth would Enzonzi help us as a replacement for Rambo I just don't see it happening I don't see it happening either and I don't think he helps they're very different sort of players um, and, you know, if, if Rambo is to leave, uh, I don't think Nzonzi would be the right fit at all. So I completely agree with Zerupa Bob. He was linked to Roma, but now that's gone as well because that's when this granite shaker comes. I don't know what's going on with this Nzonzi. His family represents him as the his agent, so, or his family or his dad or something. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was linked with the Indian cricket team too at some point. <laughs> he's been linked with everybody I can't work it out I don't know whether his old man's just pumping rumours out or what 
Um, That's got to be it. Yeah, Sandeep Singh, uh, rumours about Ramsey to Chelsea, possibility of this happening. I'm saying no. We touched on it earlier. Uh, Tony, you said no, didn't you? Yeah, no, I, I can't see it happening. Uh, City have just scored as well, but I was looking down at the conversation, so I don't know who scored. But, um, <coughs> uh, yeah, no, I can't see it happening. Okay. Um, and Schwinn? I don't want to write it off. I think there might be a possibility. And I think this late in the window, we might be open to entertaining offers. And, you know, if, I mean, 35 million might not cut it, but if Chelsea increase their offer by five, maybe 10 million, I think we could be tempted in selling him. Okay. Um, yeah, I think 35 million is very cheap. But even at 45 million, you're, you're probably still getting a good bargain compared to what we're seeing some of those transfers go for. I'd, I'd be thinking, you know, 50 to 60 million would be. Um, you know, would be possibility, but I don't know. He's proven. I mean, I, I, I would agree with goals, you. So, yeah, yeah, no, I would agree with you. Statistically, he's he's an anomaly, you know, in terms of his contribution. And if we look just one season past, uh, Chamberlain left for for about forty forty five with, with a year left in his contract. And of course, Aaron Ramsey is a better player than than Alex Oxley Chamberlain. But I think it might be the fact that we are starting to lose leverage. And if the negotiations up till now have been any any trailer for what, what's going on behind the scenes, then it's quite clear that we're not going to reach a consensus. And at that point, we might just have to minimize our losses. Okay. Anthony Shepard says, Tony Gwendausi, Gwendausi. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging for the first. What did they call him again? I can't remember. I, I, what them commentators call him pre-season? Gwendausi. 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 Um, okay, Gwendausi, the boy's a bit special in his opinion, says Anthony Shepard. I would start him next Sunday, would you? Um, I did ask Tony his question and you said no, didn't you, Tony? Yeah, no, I wouldn't. And as I said, he has looked good, but it's against limited opposition. And I, I, we spoke about not chucking Leno, or people have suggested not chucking Leno in at the deep end. But Leno's uh, played hundreds of league games. He's been a first-team player in a top league for, I think, six, seven years now. You're comparing this to someone that I think played 19 games in League Two last year. So, mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, imagine, imagine the pressure on the bike too. Yeah, I mean, look, he seemingly, he, he, I mean, I know it's only been pre-season, but he seemingly thrives on it and, and, and enjoys it um, and enjoys being involved on the big stage. You cannot, and As I said, I know it's against lesser opposition and not the intensity, but you could... You can always tell when someone wants the ball that pressure is not something that overly affects him, and he always wants the ball. Mm. So I, I don't think that would affect him as such. Uh, I, I just don't think it would be a great idea to chuck him in in like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I was just looking. Yeah, so we, Man City, we're at home. So I'm just wondering, at home against the, you know, in front of the Arsenal fans, you, you make a couple of mistakes, they they likely to criticise you. Yeah, I mean, anywhere, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say get on their back, but there'll be moans and groans as they, as they would with anyone. Mm. That's when he might see a bit of pressure too. Yeah, I wouldn't want that for a young kid. Um, okay, Paul Martin, he says, lads, name your starting 11 for the City game, and do you think Nelson will get much game time this year? Has or is he going to sign an extension? Uh, Tony, your starting lineup. And then on the um, this has changed so many times since we yeah. spoke about it. <laughs> yep. uh, so I, I think it will be Hector. Uh, so I think it will be Czech, Hector, 
Mustafi, Socrates. I'm not sure on Nacho or Maitland-Niles. I'm not sure where Nacho is at with his fitness. Um, so that one I'm going to leave open. Uh, Torreira, Ramsey, Xhaka. Again, Ramsey fitness allowing. Um, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Ozil. Uh, Schwinn? Similar. Uh, I think Nacho Montreal will be unavailable. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, the press conference that I rated afterwards said that he's come back with a slight problem and because of that he might not be available. So I, I do think Ainsley Maitland-Niles will start. I fear we're going to start Socrates and Mustafi, as Tony just said. Check in goal, Bellerin, Ramsey, Torreira, and Shaka in midfield. And instead of Lacazette, I think we'll throw Aubameyang up top and I think we'll start Mkhitaryan and Mazzarozzo. Okay, I'm going to go Leno in goals over Czech. So I could be way off here. Pretty much as as you boys said, I think it'll be Lacazette and Abemiang. Um With Ozil on the right. Yeah. I just think he'll... I, I completely understand where Schwinn's coming from with the Mkhitaryan thing um, and, and why you would do it. But I think... And look, we, everyone's saying we want to give him time and whatnot. I think he would get absolutely hammered if he doesn't play Lacazette and Aubameyang, considering they've both been scoring in pre-season, mm. and we go on and lose. And I know everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, but give him time, and they won't, but I think he will. I think they'll, they'll oh, you're showing no ambition already, blah, 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 blah. You know how Arsenal fans yeah. and any fans get, yeah. when, get when we lose. So yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he'll be allowed to not start them both. I mean, obviously, it's his decision, but, I mean, due to the, the reaction he would get. Mm. I don't disagree, but I, I hope, uh, sorry, Tess, but I hope that's not how Emery thinks. You know, I'm, I know that's not what you're trying to say here, Tony. I know you're not condoning it, but if if, he, if he's concerned about how the crowd is going to react before a game starts, we've hired the wrong manager, my friends. You know, he has a he has an identity. He has a philosophy and I hope he he sticks by it. You know, so that, that that's my sort of thinking behind. It. I think he would want that extra body in midfield. Uh, and you know maybe uh, have Aubameyang uh, and Lacazette as an option later in the game if if you know things are going decently well or if if he need a a late goal or something. So I see again I see where you're coming from, but I hope he's not susceptible to to the opinion of fans before a game. Okay, time will tell, boys. We haven't got long to go. Um, Harry Gunner, what is your favourite Arsenal memory from the last ten years, Tony? Um, the the Ramsey header in the cup final um, me and my friends discussed this quite often when we're going to games and what was better the whole or the um, the whole Ramsey goal or the Chelsea Ramsey goal I just think the whole situation that the that the, the Chelsea cup win came in and just that moment and obviously I mean I was at both but just being there and being so close to it I think the, the, the exact moment the Ramsey header crossed the line because I was literally right behind the goal and the cross, it was one of them, you knew it was landing on Ramsey's head. It just seemed to take forever to get there. And like, you're just watching the ball come across thinking, fucking hurry up. And, and then it did. And obviously the, the ecstasy when, when the ball hits the back of the net. Um, and uh, I mean, my friend tells this story every time I see him, which is kind of getting a bit boring. And I know his brother listens to this podcast, so it'll, it'll grasp me up. But um, he was, he turned around sulking because we just conceded and, I, uh, so the ball went wide to Giroud and I went, oh, he's in. And, and he just literally turned around to see the ball in the air 
and uh, land on Ramsey's head, who then obviously nodded it in. So it's just one of them sort of iconic moments, and there's some really good pictures on um, that, that Stuart McFarlane took of like the players celebrating in front of the crowd. But where I was in the, uh, the second row behind the goal, like me and my mates are all front and centre. So it was just like a, a great moment um, for, for so many reasons. Mm. Mm, cool. Uh, Schwinn? Hull. Uh, the final, and Aaron Ramsey once again getting us the winner. You know, a, a vindication. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the vindication. You know that that Arson went through, and I mean, it was it was just a very beautiful moment. It was, uh, it was all the sacrifice finally paying dividends um, in one way or the other. And you know, the I remember it was it was one of my, it was the peak after a, a massive trough, and I, I remember being absolutely ecstatic, uh, ecstatic that day. Very nice. Um, sorry, I was on mute then. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone the last 10 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, out of memory, the F, their last FA Cup win, that was pretty special. I thought, you know, uh, yeah. Troy, yeah, I don't know, boys. <laughs> FA Cup. Um, was was Arshavin's goal against Barcelona, was that... During the last 10 years, or was that more? Yeah. No, it was in the last 10 years because it was at the Emirates. Oh, that's right. 2011, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. It was, I mean, the, the people who, Tez is going to make a comment about this, but it was in the Wilshire game, wasn't it? So it must have been. <laughs> we all know what I mean by the Wilshire game, so there's. <laughs> yeah, I think it was in the last 10 years. That was, again, Oh, no, it's definitely in the last moment. 10 years, 100%, because Jack would have been a fetus. Otherwise. That's right, yeah, that's exactly right. There was a goal last year that really tickled me from Granite Shaka. That was pretty oh, cool. God. Oh, that bloody scorpion. I'll just go, I'm just fresh in the whole memory, but I should have read this question prior. I would have fucking done a bit of thinking. Um, the scorpion by Jerry, well, I mean, I mean si- now, now, since you since you brought up Granite Shaka, I have to mention Macedozo's goal against Napoli. I mean, that goal is no one absolutely cares. special, right? Nobody cares. Come on. Fuck's sake. Anyone who <laughs> sees that finish, if you see it from behind the goal, the technique on that is outrageous. Come on, back me up on this, Tony. Yeah, no, I mean, that that whole game, that was that was a really good good game. We played really well. Um, and it was obviously his first goal for the club as well, so it meant a lot. And yeah, it was... It's, it's one of them, and I've mentioned this about other goals before, but you don't really get any credit for it, but it is ridiculously hard to do. It, it was a great finish, but I mean, for me, putting that or any individual goal up there with, with the greatest moments in the last 10 years is scandalous, in my opinion. But I don't know, I, I value trophies. You're sort of talking like Tottenham fans at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, we value, we value. You that goal we scored. Oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell my kids about that. I won't tell my kids well, about the Winter Wembley lifting trophies. I'll tell them about that goal we scored one. Incredible. I should have never sent uh, this one to him, should I have? Okay, let's keep going. Um Harry Gunner also says So what happens when you ask them questions, Harry Gunner. Um do you think Emery has to find a way to fit Lacazette and Abemyang into the same eleven or do you not mind one of them starting on the bench? Uh, look, we already touched pretty much on it. They have to start together. Um, even the relationship I've noticed, well, you know, what they're portraying, they just seem to be getting on like best mates. So I just, to me, they've got to be starting together. Tony? 
Um, I, I would more than happily see Lacazette dropped. I've said this a million times on, on here. Um, but I, I feel like he's going to be forced to play them together, as I just said. And I think it's a bit unfortunate that if we had a few smaller teams first, then he'd get them used to playing together and, and build the relationship. And then it would be quite normal to start them again uh, together against a City or a Chelsea. But where we've been thrown in the deep end, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But as I said, any regular listener will know personally, I'd be, I'd be not more. It sounds like I hate him, but I'd be more than happy for, for Lacazette to be dropped. And it's not because I hate him. I just think we're a better team with Lacazette uh, with a Bamiyang through the middle. Hmm. I think he offers so much more. Okay. Um, we've got a young lady who listens to us, boys. And this is a real worry because your language, when it's just not called for, mate. So you're going to have to watch your fucking mouth, you cheeky little bastard. Um, what's her name? Oh, wow. Z- <laughs> Firing shots to the guy who never uses the C word. <laughs> Just ask the questions. At Z Thorpe AFC. Oh, yeah. So who, who would you start at the back? Back, obviously, Czech or Leno. Um, we've obviously touched on that. Christian Scanlon. Uh with the left back injury crisis being a concern, we have yes, we've touched we touched on that. Uh, can you think of a worse panic by Arsenal have ever made though, Tony? Ooh, ooh. Ooh, I really should have prepared for this one. <laughs> um, uh, Silvestre or oh, him or Scalacci, one of the two. It's hard to differentiate between the two of how bad both of them were. Probably Skilachi because he was first choice. He came in as our first choice centre back. Okay. Schwinn, you got any? Uh, I might have to say Igor Stepanovs. He might be. I'm not sure if that qualifies as a panic buy. I, but... I personally wouldn't. That's why I didn't say him. I think he, he was just brought, which in some ways is Aswarian, but I don't think he was a panic <laughs> Okay, boys. Yeah, uh, I. I... Uh, yeah, Gershwin. Uh, yeah, I'm really not sure. I'm okay. really not sure. I have n- nothing to add on that. Okay, uh, Sandeep Singh. He says predictions for the City match. Think it might be a high-scoring game, just like the last two seasons with Liverpool, Liverpool and Leicester. Um, shoot, what was that Leicester game? They were both four three, one to us and one to them. Yeah, what do you reckon? Uh, I watching this I think City will be us um, they're a bit more open than they were at times last year so I, I would I would go for a City win with both teams to score okay Schwinn similar uh, I, I think it's going to be 4-1 City okay I'm going to go Arsenal will win this one I'm going to go we'll get up by 3-2 so a couple of goals in it, but I just think I, I like what Abemiang's. I like his preseason at the moment. I think he's he's ready to strike. Uh, Chris Palmer, give it three weeks, and he says Licksteiner to get up to speed. Who will start in the league? Him or Bellerin? Yesterday showed me that he hasn't come here to sit on the bench, Tony. No, he definitely hasn't. But he also probably doesn't have a forty to fifty game season in him, so there is going to be some rotation. Um, he would obviously want the rotation in the case that he gets the league and Bellerin gets the cup. 
and, and Bellerin would want want the same. He would want the league and Lichtenstein to have the cup. So there's a bit of competition there. Okay. I'm not a Bellerin fan, but uh, I, I think we have to wait to see how Lichtsteiner does in the league. I, I could see him. He, he's more than capable of taking Hector's place, but he's got to go and earn it. That shirt's available in my mind, and, and he's got to go and win it. Okay. Uh, Chris Palmer take into account Schwinn, the minutes and performance by uh, Shacker and Torreira and Licksteiner yesterday. Do you think any will start against City next week? Oh, as I said earlier, I, I didn't catch the game, but considering it's City, I can see at least Shaka and Torreira starting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure whether. Emery would be fond of the idea of Lichtsteiner going against, uh, you know, Sané, and he might opt for Bellerin instead for uh, in that position. Okay, Savesh, Tony, and uh, hang on, and he's asked two questions. Have he? Uh, not. Uh, and who do you you guys think will surprise be the surprise player this season? Can be an old player. Doesn't have to be youth talent. Tony, surprise player for this, this season. Uh, it, it's difficult because three weeks ago, Guendouzi or Guendouzi would have been a brilliant answer, but now everyone seems to think he's he's a mixture of Xavi and Pirlo. So it wouldn't be a surprise if he if he wins World Cup of the Year or some nonsense. Um, uh, I mean, in terms of breakthrough season, I, I think you at this moment in times it look it looks like it's got to be him. I, I can't see Nelson having a good year. Uh, I still think he's too small. Uh, physicality, not obviously height-wise. I don't think he, his physicality is up to where it needs to be. Um, Rose uh, Smith Rose, sorry, I, I don't think he will get enough game time to break through. Um, so, so yeah, and I can't see any of the old heads really surprising us. I think we we know what we've got from most of them. Obviously, Nacho was a big surprise last year on on, on how well he done. Um, I don't think Mustafi will be as bad as he has done in previous years. Because, well, I hope not, because I think we'll defend a bit deeper, and that suits him more. But I think one that will make people sit up and take notice if he does get enough game time is is Gwendausi or Gwendausi, however you want to say, or however it is said. Okay, Schwinn, you got one? Surprise part. Yeah, I was going to say Mustafi. I think, he, I think he's going to benefit from having a lot of game time. And considering how much we've, you know, written written him off over the over the last season, I think he's going to have a good season. I'd also like to throw Lacazette into the mix, who has disappointed uh, over the last season. I think he's going to be able to, you know, get some pressure off of him with Aubameyang next to him, and he might have uh, a point to prove, which will be a good good push for him. Yeah, I was going to say Lacazette as well. I think he. To, to be fair, I actually. I actually would say Xhaka, but I say him every year so, because I think it will give him a bit more license with someone more disciplined behind him. How do you? How can you already improve? Good, brilliant. <laughs> you can improve good easily. <laughs> um, nah, <laughs> I, it, it'll be. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to see how Emery does using this year. Of course, you are. <laughs> Sub. <laughs> Fuck off, quick guns. Um, Savesh, uh, should and when we sell Klasenac in the next window, always unfit, and when he is on the field, he fails to perform. We should cut our losses and buy a new left back. Can't keep playing Maitland Niles there, mainly because that's not his natural position. Tony? Um, 
I, I don't really buy this natural position stuff. If you're good enough there, it doesn't matter if it's natural. I mean, he's never going to be natural because he's right-footed playing as a wing-back, but, I mean, as a, as a left-back, sorry. But he's more than good enough. It's not ideal. You don't want him playing there long-term because he can offer he can offer something in midfield. But saying it's not natural position, I mean, you only have to look at... I mean, I'm, I'm not naming world-class examples here, but Ashley Young spent the whole the last two years at left-back, made it into the England squad. Uh, Fabian Delft, the same. Kyle Walker in the World Cup, and everyone was claiming he had, or saying he had a great World Cup, played a centre-back where... They're not natural positions. It doesn't mean you can't play it well. It just doesn't mean it's it's where you were started. So I don't really buy the natural position thing. And I think we can keep playing in there if needed. Having said that, I would prefer to sign someone, but I don't think that will happen until at least next year, as I, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. January? He did just can't see it. It's a big change. next window, so close the Yeah, I just can't see I mean, someone else obviously said cut our losses in December, obviously meaning January. Yeah. But I just can't see it. It's a big change, and it's, it's very rare you get when when people buy in January. The only they they either buy a big big name if available, e.g. a Bamiyang, or or squad players. You never really get, and I know it seems weird actually, but you never really get just a solid player that's going to slot in, mm. and and that's all a left back's going to be unless unless you go and sign Marcello, who obviously is not an option. You you a left back is someone that just fits in basically mm, okay. and I can't see that happening in in in, uh, in January OK Alex says Schwinn can we actually win more away games this season no, no seriously being as objective as possible how how real are the chances we make top four I'm asking the wrong bloke here and get back into Champions League do you think we'll push to win Europa League I think we can win more away games. That's for sure. I mean, the bar hasn't been set very high. If you look at last season, and that should definitely be one of the one of the goals we have for this season to be able to perform better and hold our own in away games. Uh, as for the back, as, as for the top four, I think there is a real chance. I mean, I'm not gonna just because I said we're gonna finish fifth. I don't think you know. I don't believe for us to finish in the top four. I think there's very real chances. It's just how we get on and how we make use of momentum. And of course, the Europa League push will be decided by, you know, again, just like last year, look at where we are in the table come February when when the going gets a bit tougher. Uh, We're out of the group stages and, you know, we have a bit more serious opposition uh, that we'll be facing. So I I don't think that we will steer too further away from that that template. And that that would be the go, I would presume. Um, We left our Europa League predictions out because we have no idea who's even in Europa League yet. So we're going to wait. Um, we'll do that in the podcast some stage later down the date. Uh, Chris Palmer asks, Tony, was Torreira everything you expected? Um, I'll be honest. I watched uh, an extensive highlights package. Um, I was out when the game was on. So, and, and the type of player he is, he's not really involved in any highlights. So from what I've heard, he was steady without being exceptional. Um, but I can't base, I can't give you my own opinion on this because I don't see anything of him to have one. Time will tell, though, because we will soon be critical if he isn't. Um, Cosman Buta, Buta, last night, Schwinn, a better team would have scored. Lazio were good, better, pass away from a couple of goals. Do you think we will get better or just being just as leaky as last season? Lazio were decent. 
Houston yesterday and, you know, to, to come close to times they did in the, again, in the highlights package I saw was, was a bit concerning. Uh, Leno again, as I, as I said earlier, was found rooted to the spot a few too many times for my liking. There was a chip shot that, that hit the crossbar. And what was shocking to me was that Leno even jumped to try and get a hand on that. And it wasn't really an exquisite chip. So th- there were a few concerning moments from what I saw, uh, but I think we will get better. You know, uh, I think that there's that there's a lot to be positive about in the way Emery has 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 taken over and how he's uh, instructing our players to to perform and to press and I think there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, we, that's not to say we won't be leaky. I think we will continue to have some of those things in our in our team and those only go away with time. But overall, I think compared to last season, uh, I, I, I'm quite optimistic we will perform better than than what it was last year. Okay, uh, Tony, Brad's ask, or at Original Brad's, uh, in a big game, would you guys play both Mickey and Ozil? I think playing both might not be the best best of the team as tracking back isn't their strong suit. I, I, I wouldn't, um, but also that is true, but they're both hard working, and I don't want to hear this, Ozil doesn't work hard bollocks because we all know he does. Um so the tracking back wouldn't so much be my issue. It's that it would leave you with only one out ball, which would be to smash it long to Aubameyang to chase. Um, and then he would have to hold the ball for quite a, t- a time for the other two to, to catch up with him or to, or to, to join play. Because um, both of them want the ball to feet. And it, in a way, it makes the pitch smaller. And against when you're counterattacking against, these, against teams, these, these big teams, you want to make the pitch bigger when you've got the ball. So it makes it hard to press. I think if you've got them two in the team, they're both good passers, but it makes it quite easy to press because everyone's coming short and looking towards the ball apart from Aubameyang. And everyone will know this is my big criticism of Lacazette last year, that in them games, he also came towards the ball. And it was just like everyone was in a 20-yard space and it made it very easy to press. Whereas I think if you've got Aubameyang running off, you can, you can sort of afford for Lacazette to stay sort of centrally high up. And it gives you two options. It gives you a, a ball to feet, that, but not short, or uh, hit the channel. So for me, I, I don't think them two, playing them two in big games together is a good idea. Um, although I can see the logic in it, but, but probably for different reasons to, to what Brad said. Okay, Brad's also says, Schwinn, last question, and it is the last question. Why do you think Arsenal seem to not spend much on, on the defenders? If you look at United, Jose buys... Defenders every year. Pep spent loads on defenders. Liverpool broke a transfer record on a centre-back. Arsenal seem to only spend big on attackers. It's it's baffling. It really is. I mean, it, it, I don't have too many complaints from, from our window, but if there's one I have, it's that I'm not sure why we went in for Leno. Uh, I think it would have been better suited for us to use that money uh, to throw in on on a center back and maybe you know bought an upgrade on Socrates. I think that would have been a better. Personally, I feel that would have been a better purchase. Uh, but it, it really is is strange. I, I'm not sure whether it's we don't value defenders that much. I'm not sure what the thinking is there, but uh, it's definitely something we should look look into. Uh, you know, in terms of our future transfer activity. Mm. It is very odd, isn't it? Very odd. What's your thoughts, Tone? Um, I, I think a lot of defence is system-based and our system's shite, so, or it has been, so it doesn't overly matter who you put in there. Um, I, I don't think that means you should neglect it, but I mean, you, uh, everyone, 
again, something I've said before, I don't think Liverpool, it may be this year, but I don't think Liverpool's defence will particularly improve. And it, it didn't remarkably improve after Van Dijk came in as much as Liverpool fans will tell you it did. The statistics show otherwise because of their setup is is not to defend. So their system's not right. And I, I think Arsenal, there may be one or two less individual errors, but if we would have brought in, a, a, say, a Koulibaly, I, I don't think it would have made our defence a whole lot better, to be honest. Mm, OK. Right, boys, we're going to take a couple of live callers. So, um, yeah. Okay, and you too can uh, give us a call anytime. Uh, you can find our Skype thing at in our bio at clockn underscore talk. Um, Tony, I've just got to quickly. I, I don't know if you <laughs> you don't really listen to our podcast much, and I, I don't really listen to it back, but I always do in the edits. Uh, Rocketarian, he's been a, a solid listener since we've started. He's going to do a new intro for us, so. We're looking forward to that, so we'll give him a shout-out. Um, he does tell me it's going to be ready next week, so you can follow him at Rocky, T-A-R-Y-A-N. And uh, looking forward to it, Rocky. Hopefully it's uh, what we what we want, mate. Um, okay, boys, you has got any girls? Nope. Nope. I think we're all set. Uh, now, we're going to be back, so... I should have thought about this earlier. Um, the game is Sunday into Monday for me, so we'll be recording after the game on the Monday. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, so it'll be eight days unless we sign Dembele on Thursday, and then I'm pretty sure we'll manage to fit one in on Friday. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. If we... Oh, Dembele, how good's that, boys? Get excited. Uh, we may be here Friday, then. You're saying we're signing. I mean, probably won't. <laughs> No, we were thinking about doing a transfer deadline, but there's not really much to talk about. Well, it all depends what happens. I mean, it doesn't have to be a Dembele. If Arsenal are in the market and there's something to talk about, we'll we'll um, we'll be here. But there's no point doing a pod for the sake of it to say, oh, Arsenal have done nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a bit pointless. So if, if anything happens or if anything exciting happens and, and there's a reason to, to pod, we'll obviously do it. If not, it'll be eight days from now after we beat Man City 4-0 and we're top of the league. Yep, sounds good to me. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Schwinn, as always. Thank you very much. And thanks, Tony. And we'll speak to you, hopefully, Friday after we sign Dembele. <laughs> All right, boys, thank you. Thank you.